Terabytes is for informational and educational purposes only. Nothing on the show is advice, no financial, tax, legal, or any other kind of advice. Nothing we say is an inducement to make a particular investment or follow a particular strategy in anything you invest in is at your own risk. Do your research and consult with professionals. Yo, this is a very impromptu live session that I'm doing here. Uh, we should be on both Twitter and YouTube. I put a tweet out earlier today, and I want somebody to explain Olympus Dow. Maybe you've been on the interwebs, and you've seen this 3-3 or tree-tree or magic hat, magic hat meme going around. And um, I need it explained to me because I am but a humble bagel shop owner. I'm not a big brain like the two people I have on the show with me. First of all, we've got Jimmy. Everybody knows Jimmy from the Terra Luna community. Ked Kedrick. Um, Kedrick is a total rando. So Kedrick, <laughs> I'll let you give yourself a bit of an intro here. Also, yeah. I'm drinking uh, Bud Light because it's my birthday and we only uh, have 30 birthday. minutes. Yes, thank you. We only have 30 minutes because I need to take my wife out to dinner tonight because it's also her birthday, which sucks <laughs> because yeah, it's always it's always her birthday, never my birthday. So my birthday celebration is talking about Olympus now with you guys and you explaining it to me. And then her birthday will be me taking her out to dinner. So Kedrick, please introduce yourself. Yeah, perfect. Well, I appreciate it. Um, so uh, I so. I guess my background is kind of interesting. Um, I am uh, one of the co-founders of DeFi Masterclass, and we, we teach people about decentralized finance. Um, typically, it's like hedge funds and venture capitalists and technology executives. Um, I'm My background in crypto, I was in 2013, I was uh, first bought my, my first Bitcoin, and I was almost certain it was a scam. So it gives you an idea how good I am at spotting, <laughs> spotting whether or not something's legit. Um, I've since uh, kind of come full circle and started multiple companies in the space, um, some venture funded, some exited. And uh, yeah, I've, uh, you know, kind of given that I'm my, my job is to teach people about decentralized finance. I'm, I'm very uh, aware and, and following kind of what's happening in, in DeFi 2.0. And, and OM in particular is a is a project that I am um, uh, originally was like, all right, this is clearly a scam, but I'm going to, I'm going to ape into this and, and put some money in it anyways. Uh, because I think we're all degenerates at heart here, but, um, uh, but, uh, put some money in and, um, didn't kind of forgot about it. And it's obviously grown a, a lot since, since May. Um, and so I, I've taken a really hard look at, uh, at Olympus and what they're doing. And I've come to the conclusion that it's, there's either one or two outcomes at this point. Either this is going to be a absolute disaster, fireball, pile of shit explosion, or they have reinvented capital coordination, and this is going to be wildly successful. Obviously, not financial advice, but like I, I think we're look we're we're at a at a point of binary scenarios here. And I will get. I am not a, a an ex expert on this. Okay, so I'm trying to distill down my understanding. Uh, but I, I think I've, you know, I've had several conversations like this, and I think I'm at the point where I can actually speak to it uh, to a certain degree. So stop me when I'm saying something that doesn't make sense. Uh, let's have a let's make it conversational. But um, well, okay, hold on. First of all, Kedrick, oh. I'm sorry, not I'm not stopping you because you're not making sense because that all made perfect sense. But I do want to give Jimmy a chance to introduce himself because there might be some people that don't know Jimmy and his story. So Jimmy, do you want to just chime in on on your background as well, please? Um, don't know if I want to say too much here, um, but I do want to say <laughs> happy birthday. And Thank uh, you. after the show, if you send me your MetaMask, I will send you your first staked ohm. Whether you want your wife to know about it or not, that's up to you. Um, 
but yeah, so wow. I mean, I'm just a Terra lunatic and um, really deep into the community. And um, I did find um, the Olympus DAO community right around the t same time I was discovering, um, you know, the, the Terra community. And uh, I got to say, I love both. Um, and I think they're both onto something really special. Um, and I'm here to just uh, chat about, you know, and uh, answer any questions you might have. So, you know, I'm not... Uh, I'm not no I'm not Lance Armstrong teaching you how to ride a bike, but I might be uh your stinky uncle teaching you how to ride a bike. Not the best. Um, but uh we'll get the job done. So, uh two things, Jimmy. First of all, love it, appreciate you being on the show. Um just wanna make Kedrick aware that Jimmy and I are both um, I guess influencers, but we're heavy into the Terra Luna ecosystem. So not sure how much you know about that. Um the second thing is it would be disingenuous for me to accept an ohm from you, Jimmy, and call it my first ever ohm that I've staked because I currently have ohm staked and I aped into it before I knew what it was based on FOMO <laughs> and based on the big brains and the community telling me about it. So let me start with what I understand and why I was intrigued by it. But then I want to dive into like how I'm not so much worried about the why as I am the how on this. So the first thing is I understand and, and please correct me, either of you, if I'm wrong, that the Olympus DAO is basically trying to create a reserve currency that is outside of the way that we see um, any of these other stable coins where they're pegged to the fiat, the fiat currency. So even Terra Luna, which I'm a huge fan of, I'm super bullish on, but putting that aside, there is still some long, long, long-term horizon risk of at the end of the day, we're printing UST, which is still susceptible to some sort of government influence and terrible fiscal policy, uh, dies much the same way. Circle and, and Tether are even more susceptible to that because they're centralized. And so I do see that there is this reason that you need sort of this floating reserve. Am I good so far? Does this make, does this make sense? Great. It does. Yep. Um, where where I'm a bit confused, and this this might have been cleared up already, but I think this is a great question to ask, is um, this this uh, ohm is supposed to be it's algorithmic near a dollar or algorithmic around a dollar, so that when it's over a dollar, it prints and it and it dilutes, and when it's under a dollar, it buys back, right, and it and it becomes deflationary. Um, but then it's floating and it's not pegged to a dollar. So that was my first point of contention. And I would love to hear an explanation on how exactly that works. Um, yeah, well, I'm, I'm happy to kind of give you my, my perspective because that kind of threw me for a loop too. Is like, uh, you know, people who have written about it have said that it's pegged, pegged to a dollar. I've seen it written in that way previously. And that um, is, is incorrect. And I think threw me for a loop because I was like, why is this pegged to a dollar? Why is it trading for 800 bucks or whatever I I bought it at the time. Um, and uh, it's um, it's not pegged to dollar, but it is backed up one to it, it has at least one stable coin, primarily die that is backing it up. Um, and that's a really important factor because it represents a couple things. Um, it it first and foremost, it represents a floor price. and and that's, I think maybe the most important aspect of this is because there's certain mechanics that they've engineered in order to prevent, uh, uh, a, a catastrophic event like a run, run on the bank. Um, so it is uh, not capped. Let's say that it is going to be at least worth a dollar. We know that, but it does not mean that it's not. Uh, it doesn't have 
further um, assets behind it that are that are backing it up. Uh, so let me answer that. But there's a, co a couple of different pieces here at play that I think are important to kind of bring together in order to actually have this all make sense. But I'll I'm, I'll, I'll I'll shut up, Evan, and have you have you talk there. Uh, Jimmy, do you have do you have a take on it as well? Yeah, the way I like to think about it is that one ohm, the buying power of one ohm, is as is backed, and it gives you the power. The buying power is essentially the how productive their treasury is. Um, yeah, just how productive the Olympus Dow treasury is, which is a proxy to how productive DeFi in general is, right? So with, with say, with UST, um, we know that it is losing its buying power every year. And as uh, part of the Terra Luna community, we know that if we use Anchor, that we're, you know, gaining 19.5, 20% interest in Anchor Earn, but that is being... Um, you know, say diluted by whatever the inflation is for the year, right? So we're actually getting maybe 20 minus whatever inflation is for the year. Uh, but with Ohm, the buying power is essentially just how productive is DeFi in general, right? How productive is the DAI in its vault? How productive is the ETH, the Sushi, the LP positions, everything they have in its vault? Um, and one quick example that, you know, one real world example that I had was, uh, my brother was just asking to mooch off of my, you know, Apple family one plan, whatever. Um, and it, you know, I pay like 30, 30 bucks a month. Um, I said, Hey, you want to just give me half every single month? Or how do you want this to work? And he pretty much said, uh, how about I just give you one stake to own? And we call that a lifetime subscription. And I just did some, you know, quick math. I was like, that is a steal done every day. You know, I would do that for you. Um, and he just sent me one stake ohm, and then you know now he can mooch off of my Apple plan as much as he wants because I know that um, DeFi is going to be more productive than you know fifteen twenty bucks a month or whatever. And now you're trying to pass that one stake ohm already off to me, so <laughs> exactly. So again, I, I think I think I understand the why here, um, but another point that I'm that I'm confused about and and. Um, Maybe let me just explain a little bit of what clicked for me today when I tweeted that out because I my inbox got flooded, my my responses got flooded. The right now Ohm is trading at whatever. What's the price? Like twelve hundred dollars, maybe. Um, right around there. Let's just say. Um, so that's way above a dollar, right? So there's an outrageous amount of printing going on, but that printing of the Ohm is actually going back into the stakers' wallets, right? That's how they can. That's how that huge APY. Is working. Am I am I correct so far with that analysis? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Um. Here's where I, I start to get a bit confused because Jimmy, you mentioned that it's it's as it's as productive as like the assets that are that are working in its treasury. Um. I've only seen that it's backed by a die, one die, but then I also see that there's bonds going on, and bonds can be of multiple different assets. So. Can you help me like reconcile what's what's going on here? Because I, I I don't even know where to start. Yeah, yeah. and if, if it's okay, I'd like to just take a quick swing at that because I think it's important to understand all these different pieces in conjunction um, in order to actually have this make sense. Um, so the way the right way to approach this, by the way, is to assume that it's a Ponzi scheme and try to figure out how it's going to how it's going to crash. 
Um, so they've got these different things. They've got three, three, they've got bonds um, and they have this concept of a protocol owned liquidity. So uh, what's happening is um, they are using the, for, let's talk about bonds first. So they're using the, um, the greed of arbitragers to essentially uh, acquire liquidity, which is owned by their own treasury, uh, which helps offset runs on banks, runs on the bank, obviously. So what they do is they will um, sell a bond at a discount to the price. It takes five days to mature. And assuming that the price is, uh, uh, you know, obviously hasn't dropped substantially, then the arbitrager will, will be able to arb that, that delta between the price, the discounted price that they bought it for uh, five days in the future. Okay. Now what that does in order to buy that bond, they have to pay for it in LP tokens. So, uh, Dai plus Ohm, typically, or whatever the that that uh, particular bond uh, currency is being sold in, and the idea is that's revenue to the actual protocol that's put in the treasury, and the treasury now owns this liquidity, and this is an asset which is revenue generating, obviously, because they're earning LP fees on their own liquidity. Okay, um, and and just real quick, Kedrick, the LP tokens, they're they're based on what like Sushi Swap. Transaction fees. Yeah, they're on. They're. Uh, I bought all my own on on, on sushi. Okay, so it's got it. They're they're it's L, their liquidity is on sushi. They might be on other dexes right now as well, but I'm not. I'm not sure. Um, so that that's that's the bond. So what these bonds do is arbitragers, assuming that there's enough price stability, arbitragers are just they don't give a shit about about OM long term. They just want to be able to arb that price delta and and. By doing so, it, it helps the treasury to continuously grow. Okay, so that's bonds. The other aspect of this is um, the risk-free rate. So you've heard the, the meme three three, right? Three three is actually if if you if you think about this as game theory, right? Um, there's three different ways to actually play this game. You can buy and stake, you can buy bonds, or you can sell. Um, if you were to actually build a matrix of the potential outcomes or ways that a, two players could play the game. Um, then the the three three is we both were to buy and stake and if if we remember game theory the best outcome is not what's best for me but what's best for me in context of the overall group and so if you can provide a high enough incentive to get people to align their activities um, then there's you know people will actually do that they'll buy and they'll stake and it allows for because people aren't constantly crushing the price it allows for um, everybody to agree as a community that we're going to all go buy and stake. And in, in exchange for that, we are, um, we are paid these rebase, uh, the rebase of these, of these fees. And so that's why when you hear three, three, what they're talking about is actually the game theory mechanics of the optimal outcome for both, uh, for both me and you effectively. Um, and so that's with the three, three staking. Um, and the last aspect of this is this kind of this protocol on liquidity. So you've probably heard by now, about Ohm talking about, uh, or, or Olympus talking about um, uh, uh, bonds as a service. And the, the vision here is, hey, we've got a, a great mechanism by which we can help other protocols be able to, um, uh, be able to uh, uh, own their own liquidity as well, which you know, effectively right now, if you're, if you're providing LP rewards, you're essentially renting that liquidity. This is a way for you to buy liquidity and actually turn it into a yielding asset. And through these bonds as a service, what happens is, um, we're going to see other protocols essentially utilizing their expertise and, and technology to do this as well. And Ohm is going to start um, accumulating 
the actual tokens of lots and lots of other DeFi protocols. Now, why is that interesting? Well, sitting in the treasury is not just DAI and FRAX and you know our own uh, protocol-owned liquidity, but also the, the tokens of all these other DeFi protocols, which means that eventually this starts looking like an index fund. Um, you know, and because and that theoretically would allow for this to better track the price uh, and, and growth of DeFi beyond just Bitcoin. And ultimately, that's what they're trying to do. Right. They're effectively trying to be a, a Bitcoin competitor. And there's a strong argument to say that these guys have cracked the nut uh, on how to actually get there. Um, so those are. So kind can, of I, can I pause you real quick? Kedra? Please, yeah, go ahead. Um, is it is it then inaccurate at this point to say that each ohm is backed by one die if there are bonds and tokens from other networks and LP tokens being staked from other networks that are now backing it. It's backed by at least one die. So as long as it's backed by one die, then the rebase can continue to happen. So that's the, that's the, that's written into the end of all this is like, it has to be backed by at least one die. It doesn't mean it has to exclusively back one by one die. And in fact, right now, I think that's, you know, the risk-free rate on this is something like 30 something, you know, stable coins, whether it's die or frax. Um, and then in addition to that, now there's these other protocols and, you know, held within this treasury are all these other assets um, beyond just the, uh, the stable coins. Um, but in order for this rebase to continually occur, it ha there has to be at least one uh, die backing every single ohm um, in market. Um, and so that's why you see this, this, uh, this timeline of like, how long is this sustainable? Well, it's sustainable as long as there's at least one die in Treasury um, uh, backing up every ohm, which is why they say, OK, right now there's, you know, whatever it's 318 days or 350 days or whatever it is that at this current uh, we can continue at this current APY for 300 and something days in the future, assuming zero Treasury growth. OK, assuming mm -hmm. that there's no additional growth in the Treasury, it'll allow the rebase will, will, will be able to still honor this same APY. Um, and so that's kind of the, uh, the, 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 the different pieces to it. And that's, it's, it's tricky because, and I, I don't mean to, to talk so much right now, but it's, it's hard. It's important for all these pieces to kind of be explained because otherwise, like if you piecemeal it, 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 it can, it can kind of fall apart. And it's still confusing, by the way, I'm still confused. I'm not an expert. <laughs> Jimmy, is Kedrick lying to us? Should we, should we trust this guy or is this what you're seeing as well? Yeah, no, Kedrick's doing a great job. Um, he, he, yeah, he's definitely, uh, explaining all the right things. Um, and he's definitely, uh, talking a little bit about, you know, uh, the future of Ohm and the Olympus style, the Olympus pro service. And I've been talking to a lot of, of, um, protocols here on Terra about what that means, uh, protocol and liquidity. What does that mean for, um, us? What does it mean for the protocols? And what are some interesting things that we can do? With these bonds besides just owning um you know just just having the protocols own their own liquidity um, there's a lot of other cool and interesting things that you can do with bonds so let me try and kind of break down to you uh what what i understand and again correct me if i'm wrong here because i'm the one asking um the it, it gets rebased um, based on the the one die per ohm that's circulating, is that correct? It, 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 sorry, go ahead, Jimmy. You you take this one. Yeah. So there's a, there's a maximum rate at which the um, the essentially the, the treasury will print rewards. 
right? So it's it's pretty fixed right now, and it usually hovers around say seven thousand to eight thousand APY. But there's no limit on um, the premium that the market um, places on Ohm, and no limit on how quickly the treasury can grow. So as um, as a as a holder of Ohm, you hope that the treasury is growing much faster um, than the, um, the the Ohm is rebasing, right? And in the beginning, it was much higher than it is now, high enough for for me to have regrets about not getting in, uh, thinking it was a Ponzi. Uh, but essentially, through governance voting, they've just you know kind of reduced that reward rate such that it's it's pretty fixed. So. Um, right now, the treasury is growing faster than they're they're printing, and it's holding pretty stable at you know three hundred to, I think like three twenty five days or something like that. Yeah. So what you're saying is that there's there's an there's a limit to the amount of inflation during a rebase, but there's not a limit to the amount of how high the speculation on the price of Ohm can get. Am I right? Yep. Yep. Exactly. Okay, Kedrick, yep. it sounded like you wanted to add to that. Yeah. So I, I think. Um, you know, again, as I think we all kind of took the look at this and we're like, okay, this is clearly some sort of Ponzi and some sort of scam. Um, I think it's important to try, like, if you really want to understand this, like, try to figure, like, shoot holes in it. Like, how is this going to fail? Um, and by the way, I would love to figure, like, this become a pretty decent sized position for me. So, like, I'd love to figure out, like, hey, probably, probably time to take more chips off the table. Um, because right now, like, if you think about it, okay, the, what, what happens in the event of a run on the bank, right? Let's say a bunch of people unstake their own and go and sell it, right? That'll obviously crush the price. But for anybody that's still staking their assets, the APY isn't at eighty two hundred percent. It's at you know potentially hundred thousand percent. I mean, it it absolutely skyrockets. And so there's this constant um, uh, uh, you know incentive to continue to stake. And because we have a uh, a risk free rate in there. Right. There's there's this, you know, floor price of stable coins, which are it's not going to drop below that because there's this kind of floor price. What it means is it prevents a death spiral, prevents us from going to zero. And if it prevents us from going to zero and we can get to a, a point of capitulation, then the other mechanics that incentivize the, the behavior, which allow the treasury to grow, kick back in. Right. Arbitragers come in and they start buying the bonds. And then the treasury continues to grow and it allows for this kind of uh, uh, growth of the overall um, uh, treasury assets again. And so that's where like, I'm, I'm trying to shoot holes in this, trying to figure out like, how's this going to, how's this going to break? But I think that's mm -hmm. the, as a community, I think that's, what we got to, we got to try to shoot holes in this because if we can't shoot holes in this, this has the potential to become a Bitcoin esque uh, uh, wealth generation event, not financial advice, full disclosure, <laughs> <laughs> um, but, but that's where I'm like, it, it, this could be, this could be gargantuan because I don't know where this stops. And then what's really interesting is like, okay, around the vision of this becoming a, a, a new way of new paradigm for capital coordination. This is a theoretically way for a community to come together and like have their cake and eat it too. So if there is a benefit in the world or society whereby driving up the pr price of a particular asset would benefit, uh, uh, uh the world. And Climadao uh, uh, is an interesting version. It's a fork of Olympus. And what they're doing is they're acquiring carbon credits. And the rationale there is if we can drive up the price of carbon credits, one, it forces companies to have to try to switch over because it's too expensive to acquire those carbon credits. And two, 
any companies that that are fighting climate change are able to utilize this higher price of climate credits to be able to infuse more capital into their business and and, and try to grow. Um, and so that's just one example. But in theory, this could be applied to anything, right? And, and anything that a community wants to get around and say, here, we want to come together and solve this particular problem. And we're going to do so by driving up the price of this particular asset. And by the way, when you do that, you're also going to be earning 8,000% APY while you're, you know, it's like, it's like the, it's the beauty of this whole thing. It's like the dream of like, make a ton of money and do good at the same time. That's what I think is, is potentially going on here and why I've become a lot more excited about it. But again, like, you know, this is some complex stuff. And like, I, I don't want to pretend like I'm, I'm an expert on this. I am absolutely not. Like, I, there's a lot of questions well, I can't answer yet. That, that's crypto for you. Every time you think you're an expert, you're humbled very quickly with whatever yeah. the next uh whatever the next scheme not to put a negative connotation on it is but whatever the next uh protocol um you know arch architecture is yeah. um i i would also be disingenuous to say that i'm not uh into clima as well and i'm and i'm familiar with it but that would be an entire other episode uh and i understand that they are very similar protocols um, so basically I'm an ape and I'm an idiot and invest into things that I don't fully understand. And here I am, here's Pantera learning in real time. Let's talk about poking some holes in this though. Um, you mentioned that there's a, there's a stop gap of a bank run because of those underlying assets. Uh, and it won't go to zero. Sure. But it could still go from, and maybe this is a stupid question. Could it still go from 1200 or whatever the current price is down to one? I mean, that's, that's a catastrophe just as well, in my opinion. And maybe yeah. I'm wrong about that. No, I think it could. I think it, I think it could absolutely, and, and like, I think it could crash. And I think whatever that risk-free rate is what it's going to bounce off of. And I think, I don't know what it is right now, probably. And Jamie, maybe you have a good idea. Um, it's probably, uh, uh, my Twitter, by the way, my Twitter handle is just Kedrick. It's at K-E-D-R-I-C on Twitter. Yeah, um, so, and welcome to the Terra Luna community, by the way, Kedrick. Yeah, no, hey, I, I got a, a couple of buddies that, uh, that told me to get into to Luna at like 50 cents. And I was an absolute asshole idiot for not doing it. So my, well, I, it's I, not too I, late I, to get I, into I, it. 30. I was like, I just, I can't not be part of the party anymore. I'm, I'm you know, I'm, I'm super bullish on it. So it's amazing, amazing community, amazing project. But um, so, uh, you know, you, I think we're going to bounce. We could potentially bounce off that risk free rate. But again, once you do so, once you get a capitulation on price, then we're at a point where, the other mechanisms that help the treasury continue to go kick back in, right? Arbitrageurs come back in. They don't give a shit about, about OM long-term, but they want to be able to make that ARB on 5% or 10% or whatever that, that, uh, that bond price is. And so once you do so, then you get these guys coming back in, adding to the treasury, the treasury starts growing again, and anybody that's still staking is absolutely crushing their APYs. And so it, it, if, it, if you can stop the death spiral, then the other mechanisms kick back in and allow you to progress again, which is why this is like, you know, it's like they, they, they've like, they've packed the matrix or something here, man. It's, it's crazy stuff. But like now is the time when this sort of stuff can get invented. Yeah, I want to add to uh, what Kedrick's saying that definitely there are a lot of anti-fragile aspects of, you know, the Olympus DAO protocol, right? Essentially anything that you do um, has benefits to the protocol, right? Of course, we, we talked about buying and staking, you know, reduces supply off the market, drives up the price. Um, bonding essentially will, 
you know, add more assets to the treasury, um, increasing the runway. Um, but if you sell, if you decide to unstake and sell, then um, essentially the APY goes up for everyone else remaining staked. Um, and trading activity that um, trading activity essentially it incurs additional rewards um, since the protocol owns 99% of all the liquidity. Um, so again, if you sell and if you trade, more fees go back into the treasury, meaning that the APY and the runway continues to um, increase. So sort of anything that you, <laughs> if you touch the protocol, the protocol will win in some way. <laughs> and and just, to, just to break down what you're saying there, Jimmy, um, if you sell or trade, you are incurring some sort of swap fee, whether it's on SushiSwap or whatever. And the, the fee is going back to the LP tokens, which are owned by the Olympus protocol. Exactly. Is that right? Yep. Okay. Um, all right. We don't have a whole lot of time left. So I'm going to ask one more question. and I'd love to hear both of you answer. Um, let's just say we're still in this cycle of you know crypto where every four years we have uh, an excruciatingly painful uh bear market and uh and, and how do you see how do you see something like this because in my opinion and in kedrick i i i kind of am inclined to agree with you this could be like a paradigm shift here this this technology um but how do you how do you see this faring in a bear market where maybe we see 60, 70, 80% drawdowns on the, on the uh, market cap of some of these tokens, including MakerDAO. And I'm curious to hear both of your opinions. Um, yeah, well, I'm, I'm happy to, to go first, uh, Jimmy. Um, so uh, I think it will absolutely happen. I mean, my, my thesis is that, uh, you know, the party's not going to end until BTC hits at minimum 100, probably 150, maybe 200. ETH is going to hit at minimum 10, probably 15, maybe 20, maybe more. Um, party, party's not going to end before then. Once it hit, once that hits, it very well could. And I think everything else, you know, and then we're going to see a catastrophic drop. And just like every four years, everybody shits on crypto and says, told you so, and it's a scam or whatever. Um, I suspect that uh, in that instance, um, ohm price would probably plummet and probably bounce off that risk-free rate as the floor. Um, I think it'll probably stabilize. And at that point, I'll probably back up the truck on it and say, all right, if this, this is kind of this asymmetric bet, yeah, it could go to zero, but if it doesn't, um, and, and this, if this goes to what it could be, um, then, uh, then it's, it's potentially, you know, generational wealth type stuff. Um, so that's how I'm thinking about it right now, obviously very risky, not financial advice, but, um, uh, but that's, that's kind of how I'm thinking about it is like if it survives or, or, or there's some unknown thing that we just haven't thought of like, oh, yeah, you haven't thought of the, you know, the doohickey scenario and somehow that kills us. Uh, but assuming that it's nothing, you know, the assuming that it's not an unknown unknown that gets us, um, then I think uh, uh, then I think um, and it survives and we get a, a, a floor price capitulation then I think it's um, it's probably time to, to, to load up some bags on this. Jimmy, curious to hear your take on it, sir. Um, I have no take. I'm just a DGen, and I think that I will be disappeared before four years bull market is up. That's it. 
playing the Anon game. Well, Jimmy, so many people in the Terra Luna community appreciate the hard work you do. So I hope you you aren't disappeared in a bad way. Um, and Kedrick, I appreciate you being so versatile coming on. Uh, not many people are willing to just like hop into my DMs and say, let's go live right now. So both of you, uh, thank you very much for explaining it to me. I think I understand it a little bit more now. Um, and you know, I'm like you guys, I'm not an expert at anything. So, and, and I've had a couple wobbly pops as the people like to tell me because <laughs> it's my birthday. So, um, appreciate it very much is there anything else that we should add here maybe like as a as an exclamation point here anything else that we sh that has been left unsaid no i, mean, no, I think we did a we, we did a good quick overview i think all right well gentlemen i appreciate it very much and uh kedrick if uh if you're not a terra lunatic i hope you become a terra lunatic uh, I mean, I, 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 hold well. I, I hold a decent amount and like, I think the community is amazing. I think that's a, it's a hell, it's a hell of a project. So, I mean, as, about as, as lunatic, my, I've got buddies that have just crushed it. So I'm, I, I want to be. <laughs> well, you can't let your friends get richer than you. That's like the <laughs> rule number one of FOMO. So there you go. Exactly. <laughs> All right, gentlemen, well, I appreciate you joining me. And uh, as always, it's, this is uh terabytes and whatever, whatever we usually say at the end, I appreciate it. I'm going to go have fun. You boys enjoy uh, your Wednesday night or Wednesday morning or wherever the hell you are. It might be Thursday morning. And uh, we'll catch you next time on Terabytes. Thanks, guys. Happy birthday, man. Take care. Happy birthday. Bye.